Hello and welcome back to The Wine Club, episode 15. I can't believe it, we've had 14 episodes and over two and a half thousand listens. So thank you ever so much for showing your support to The Wine Club podcast. Next up, we have Jess Winter from Blackpool, an absolute legend. I've been following Jess for many years now and it's great to have a conversation. We cover Blackpool skate scene, being a female, being the only female skater in Blackpool at the time, uh, and female skateboarding then and now, and we even cover graphic design and fine art. So please enjoy this awesome episode with Jess Winter. Roll the tape. Who are you guys working for? Who is this? It's uh, Skate Wine. Oh, beautiful. Did you say Skate Wine? Yes, sir. Hello, and welcome to episode 15. I hope I've got that right, 15. And today we have Blackpool resident Jess Winter. How's it going, Jess? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. I'm forgetting all the OBS buttons here. I'm getting every single cutscene wrong. So uh, <laughs> I'm Life goes practice. on. I'm out of practice since being in Mexico. I'm trying to get back into the swing of these, these podcasts. And and to break the ice, the good old ice breaker question. If you were in a bar and you were going to order yourself as a alcoholic beverage, preferably wine, just to keep in fitting with this, mm-hmm. what would you describe yourself as? So unfortunately, I'm not actually a fan of wine. Oh uh, no! Th- there was a phase in my life where we used to make <laughs> festival sangria, where you get a box of wine, some Vimto, and some lemonade, and that was like festival sangria because it was cheap and you could take it in. But I don't really drink wine. Um, but oh god, I've got so much shit for saying this. <laughs> but <laughs> I'd either be two drinks, I reckon. I'd be a can of Carlin, only because it's it's just straight to the point in it it's cheap it's beer straight to the point and because as well when I used to come home from Leeds to Blackpool and visit all my lads if I left booze anywhere get drank like it pissed me off to no end so I got to the point where I was like right what do they hate the most they hated Carlin so I used to buy Carlin (laughs) and I'd come back three months later there'd still be a crate of Carlin because they just wouldn't drink it like so yeah it'd be Carlin or it'd be like a Tommy's margarita that's such a good strategy. Yeah, yeah. Buy buy shit they don't like, and then and then through that, I I, I just carried on drinking it. I was like, actually, this is cheap and it's all right. Um, but yeah, otherwise a Tommy's margarita because I love tequila and it's very sharp, but it's a bit of a mess. Uh, That's okay. like how I feel my life is. Do you like tequila? I love tequila. Have you been to Mexico? I haven't. No. Uh, but my boss, well, my old boss. He opened up a bar um, and I learned so much about tequila. Not that crap you get in Sainsbury's with the, do you know what? When people are like, oh, do you want a shot? They show me that. I'm like, no, it's that 100% agave. Beautiful. Yes, I love it. Nice. Uh, So uh, I've lost my trail of thought. I was looking at my sound. Sorry. Um, (laughs) You just reminded me regarding black. You're in Blackpool now, are you? Well, I'm, a, I'm in a little OAP town next to Blackpool called St. Anne's. It's like God's waiting room. <laughs> that's where we are. Um, but we are. That's so similar to North Devon. I love that. God's waiting yeah. room. I'm going to have to remember that one. Yes, remember it. But that's, we're in a little town next to Blackpool, but it's just easier to say Blackpool. Yes. I just realised I've set up my uh, sound. I'm such a schoolboy. I set up my sound wrong. So I was on my headphones instead of my oh. actual mic. Which I was like, okay. the sound is really strange. And I've just realised that I had it all set up wrong. So apologies about that. We're always learning. So. Oh, now you sound so much better. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to have to cut all this out. That's better. It, these these headphones go into some sort of weird mode where, like, if you're using the mic, it sounds dreadful. So now it sounds really nice. Sorry about that. That was such a No, it's okay. Way. It's a lot more high tech than mine, you know. <laughs> they, they're, they're, they've got to be Apple, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Do, what reminded me or, or made me think is I thought a good question to go into from last week's mm. podcast with Chaz is the what is how would you describe Blackpool and maybe that area's skateboarding scene? What does it what differentiates it between other skate scenes in the country? I thought you were just going to ask me about Blackpool as a whole then. And I was just like, <laughs> what do you think of Blackpool pleasure, Mitch? <laughs> uh, it's expensive. Um, no, uh, the thing, the thing is, I'll, I'll be completely honest, when I was younger, I was never really a part of the Blackpool scene. Um, it was more the St. Anne's kind of area. 
Um, so I don't feel like I've got a real right to comment on the Blackpool scene, to be honest. Uh, it, but from me as being younger, it was always very welcoming now. You know, if I went to Stanley Park when it was just, I mean, it was metal ramps and wooden ramps and now we finally got a skate park. Yeah, it was wooden ramps, which is just ludicrous to put in the centre of Blackpool anyway. Um, and yeah, it was just, yeah, always did welcoming. Ramp City is basically where I started everything. So yeah, it was the scene was always very welcoming. It's just, I didn't really grow up in the street skating. I grew up in my street skating, but not so much Blackpool. So yeah, I, I, I can't really comment on something that I didn't 100% experience. So were you brought up in St. Anne's then, just outside of Blackpool? No, so uh, I like to describe myself as just Northern because I actually was born in Salford. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm originally from Manchester for 10 years of my life uh, and then moved to North Shore Blackpool when I was a kid to a hotel because I think my parents had a midlife crisis and were like, you know what we should do? Buy a hotel in Blackpool. So <laughs> lived in a hotel and then we moved to St. Anne's when I was about 14. Weirdly, I've just moved into a house opposite that house that I moved into. No way. Yeah, and, and I remember being stood... This was maybe a year after I'd started skating when I was about 15. Um, I'm being stood sweeping the floor in there and two of my lads, which are still my lads now, walked past and were like, don't you skate, like through the window. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm your neighbour now. Um, so I moved to St Anne's um, and then I moved to Leeds when I was 18 and I moved back two years ago. Ah, okay. And so how was the skate scene, how does the skate scene now differentiate between other skate scenes can you answer that one because it's a little bit different to when you started maybe oh, or is it just... is it still unfair to, uh, to ask no because because basically when I moved to St Anne's that's when I feel like all my state skating kind of started for me when I was maybe 14 15 because all the lads around here were so welcoming Okay. Um, they didn't they didn't treat me any differently I just went down and they were just like oh try this try this try this and it's just always been really welcoming and yeah it, I don't I don't really think it's changed much apart from the fact we're all nearly 30 and we've got back problems now that's <laughs> pretty much the, the only difference um and we can hold our booze a bit better I've got I've got a question for that actually mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm pleased that you brought that up because uh the, the Olympic qualifiers has just happened and I yes. think like the top 10 or top eight were all like, the, the average age was something like 15 or 16. I remember thinking like Poppy Olsen. Poppy Olsen, who I think is incredibly young, was almost one of the mm -hmm. eldest, com eldest competitors in the, in the yeah. top, I think it might have been the semis or quarters, but I was like, whoa. Yeah, I looked at all the ages. It was like 14, 15, 15, 21. And I was like, that's still dead young, but it's, it's insane. Like imagine having these opportunities when we were kids, like, it's oh it, it's insane and I'm, I'm i'm so stoked for the next generation to kind of have that and have parents that are super supportive and want to take them to skate events want them to meet older skaters and share all the experiences and then yeah the the younger skate scene have, have got it made like they really have and i'm so happy for them so happy for them i think that with that age difference especially compared to the average age of probably the men's the the female skateboarding level is just gonna go crazy now i believe because you've still got like andy mack in the skateboard yeah. gb team entering and it's just like that age difference between someone like sky brown is just incredible <laughs> yeah i i think it's amazing like um i think it's not even now that like the female level has gone up i think it was just always just going up and i think there were god even when i was skating there were still girls that were absolutely shredding like regardless it just unfortunately just didn't have the didn't have the big boom behind it, um, but now it does. So, the money. The, yeah. Bringing it back to why you started skateboarding, Amy Ram's going to hate me because this is a general question. But what did get you into skateboarding when you first started? Um, so when I went through, well, I was going through my very emo phase, right? So my fringe was here. <laughs> did you have? Did you have MySpace? Oh yeah, MySpace, Bebo, <laughs> you name it. I had horrific hair extensions, you know, with like the different cut. Oh, it was. Oh, I found some of those pictures the other day. Um, you know, studded belts, the lot. And I used to watch all Kerrang, all the scores, and then MTV, and then Bebo Bam. And I remember just watching that and just being like, I want that. I want that fun. I want that freedom. I want that. I don't give a shit attitude. 
let's just go out and just do it and have fun. Um, and then a guy I went to high school with was a blader. I feel like fruity booters are like an endangered species now. You just don't see them anymore. Bless them. Unless you are go they to okay? Mexico, yeah. yeah. Are you okay? They all morphed into there. scooters. Oh, God. Uh, we'll get onto that later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, from that, I, one of the lads was a blader and was like, you should come to Ramp City. So I begged my mum. She got me an Argos skateboard. It was like $9.99. I don't even think the wheels span properly. No concave, no nothing, you know, just like, I don't know what it was. Um, and yeah, from that moment on, I was at Ramp City every Friday night after school, um, skating down the side Mongo, and then just pumping on the mini, and I did that for years. So it was so it was the emo, I guess it was quite, because like, you had like Skater Boy by Avril Lavigne, and like a lot of skate culture was in like punk music and emo music. Yeah, was it yeah. that, that that kind of inspired yeah. you? hundred percent yeah like you know you look at like some 41s like into deep video the skaters everywhere you know this it's whenever i hear that music it takes me back to like that time and like just the feelings that you felt and of that oh i'm so misunderstood no one understands me like <laughs> the mindset of you know oh i'm not emo i definitely bloody was um but yeah it's yeah i loved it yeah some 41 that's such a blast from mm. the past you're taking yeah, me down I, memory alley. Honestly, this year I'm on my 15-year-old like tour. I've just seen Paramore. I've got Fallout Boy in October, and I've got Blink 182 in October, and I'm going to cry the whole time. When you said Sun 41, I thought you meant Blink 182 because I accidentally came across Missing You on Spotify, and I was like, "This is such a tune." Yeah, <laughs> those are the tunes that remind me of like when I first started skating. I'd put my headphones in because obviously I was I was the only girl there. I'd, close myself off from the world and then I just go for it those are the songs that kept me company that's interesting you should say that did you did you used to put your headphones in as a security thing and and kind of switch off to the fact that you were yeah because yeah. I found I found that in Mexico a lot of the female skaters in Mexico tend to wear headphones <laughs> and me being an idiot it's just like I find even well I find people wearing headphones like kind of I'm such a trawler. Shouts to trawler. Uh, such a like kind of you're going down. Well, for me, you're going skateboarding. You're going down to be social. Um, mm. But I guess if I put it into retrospect, and I was doing something that was maybe female dominated, you might just want to enjoy skateboarding for skateboarding and not have to deal with people maybe harassing you at the skate park. I don't think it's like that anymore. I mean, for me personally, like these these are all my experiences and my like opinions on it, like and what I've been through. But when I was younger. You would get stares like you, there was never any girls down at the skate park maybe one or two uh that's about it and then maybe you'd get some girls coming on some trips every now and again but you, you were stared at in the sense of it just because it was something that hadn't been seen before like or seen as often um i'm not saying there weren't girl skaters about but up here i never really met any um and so i just used to pop my headphones in blast my very emo related music and I'd just crack on. So now it is still like a security blanket. So even if I'm at a skate park now, if I, I will always have my headphones in, like always, I have to be able to listen to music um, when I skate, but I'm still, but I'm a lot more confident now. And I know that a lot of people like, maybe just want to say hello or like whatever. And I'll always make sure that if I'm not trying anything, one of my headphones is always out, out of like a, I'm not ignoring you, but this is my, this is the way I do things. I think that's something that I hadn't respected is it's your, like anyone, anyone that's wearing headphones, if mm. you're enjoying skateboarding, you just want to listen to music, You don't because I'm an extrovert, maybe an introvert just wants to enjoy skateboarding for skateboarding. I think that's something yeah. that I would criticise myself of a criticism within skateboarding. So what, 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 yeah. tune, did you, did you used to have a, a Walkman, a tape Walkman? Uh, I had the CD Walkman. <laughs> yes. Uh, not skating though. I had, um, I had, I remember it, my mum bought it for me. It was a green, it was the new iPod. And do you remember it had the camera on the back of it? Do you remember that iPod? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so it was a green one and my mum got it for me. And I used to have my iPod in my back pocket when we'd skate. Nice. I'm slightly before your generation and I've still got my yeah, Walkman. When you said Walkman, I was like, I did, but I think I was about seven, mate. <laughs> before skateboarding. Before I started skateboarding, yeah. Well, uh, what what tunes were you listening to? Was was it Blink One Eighty Two and Paramore back then? Back then it was, but now 
or it's uh it's taken on a life of its own really like i still listen to that but i remember doing a, a red bull um uh, like competition during lockdown and it was a socially distanced company it was really cool how they did it was that they got us down filmed a line with us and then kind of whatever line we got that was entered in and then whoever won but none of us were skating with each other none of us knew who we were skating against apart from me and this uh this last from Leeds who we figured out we were both doing it so I like showed up earlier to because it was a first competition to like give her a hug and be like you okay and she was like oh it was so nerve-wracking and they were like how do you guys know you're here I was like girls talk like we, we know these things um and I had my headphones in while I was doing this and Jake Powell was like Jess what are you listening to and I was like Tarzan <laughs> and it was like son of a man just like to proper get me hype and my music taste is is somewhere else like I'll, I'll go from like Tarzan to Ariana Grande to like the greatest showman to then heavy like like metal or something yeah it's a it's a bag of everything that is so good that I love that and with what you said about being supportive do you find that when you because when you said you first started skateboarding you were like the only female now with like the Olympics and it's something that the commentators kept mentioning and I think it's true for for whatever competition you're in is the support that like oh, each other gives and the, the especially the female skateboarding competition they were going over hugging each other do you feel that now with skateboarding in, in Britain at least uh, I've, I mean I've always felt it to be honest before Olympics before anything I've always felt that sense of like hype and the the, the support of people around you and um, but I think you know yeah I've, I've always felt it but I think a lot of people from the outside world that didn't quite understand what goes on in skateboarding have seen what we see every day and why we love it so much and why we want to support people joining the community and being part of it is because it just gives you that hype and that support like i can remember my first ever competition um at nas great first competition jess it's fucking massive well done um <laughs> just absolutely stupid like why why would that be your first comp um, but I went into it, uh, obviously really scared, but then the support and the hype you get, it's just skating with your mates. That is literally it. It was like me, um, Freya, Cass Shanks, I'm going to miss some people out, uh, Lola, Helena, um, uh, Jess Ruffle. I was going to call her Jeff then because that's what she goes by on Instagram. Uh, like all of us were together and it was just like we were all just skating and having a laugh. Um, and if you land something that's sick, if you don't land something, it's like, that's sick. You know, th th there's never a, oh, you did bad there. It's, there's never that in skateboarding. It's just like, that's sick. Whether you bailed or you didn't, like, it doesn't matter. I, I love that Nas always gets mentioned in this podcast. What what year was that? What, what year was the first? 2019 was my first comp, but I've been going to Nas since I was about, for 10 years, I've been going to Nas. Oh, get I've on, been, that's uh, awesome. I've been in the background. <laughs> What made you finally enter the competition then after all those years? So mainly very respectful abuse. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like that respectful skater abuse you get, like just fucking do it. What are you doing? Like, what, why are you fucking about? Just like, what have you got to lose? That kind of mentality. Um, there was three reasons I entered NAS that when, when, like especially women they asked me about my experience with that there's three reasons first one if there's some young girl up there watching me with her family even a teenager even an older you know woman doesn't matter whoever it could be a lad doesn't matter the gender someone watching me going well she can do it i can do it that that's it you know she can go in there for a minute 30 and do that why can't i and that might encourage someone to do something that they've wanted to try for ages and then do that Second of all, I go to NAS every year because of the people. Like that's just the be that that's just the end of the thing for me. I don't care competition status, any of that. It's just the people I've met every single year for the last ten years, and like the fact that I can go anywhere in the country now and know someone there, and that's kind of what NAS brought for me. And the third reason is it's a free test still ticket. <laughs> <laughs> like. They're asking you to come to a festival and hang out with your mates, see all these acts, but do you want to just skate for a minute 30? Yeah, sure. Yeah, shout, shout out to Nas. And I think that's something they need to re remember if they listen to this, is that it's, it is 
there's an aspect of the community, the BMX community, the skate community. I mean, I don't know why, but they got rid of the blading and there's obviously, oh, you mentioned it earlier, the fruit boots disappearing. But it is, it's a community and it's the, and the crossover. Yeah. Like I know a few BMXers and it's just so great to see everyone and it's a good just competition, go a good festival. A yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's literally all it is, is a laugh. And I think, you know, um, I'm happy that like NAS started out, um, I think it was mainly due to like the girl skaters and stuff fighting for it. But like, you know, like equal prize money, equal practice time. I remember we didn't have any practice time one year. So like me and the young kids, bless them, they were up at like half 11. We crashed the pro uh, athlete practice at half 11 knowing there's only be like three people there and we just crashed it because we were like well we don't have any time to practice so we're, we're gonna go if you're gonna give us a separate comp at least give us like you know yeah um so that was really funny and so we've got some time to skate but like the things it just brings us all together that's all it is like and that's what i've said to some girls who were thinking about competing this year you know when they've asked me about it i've just been like it is just a laugh after the comp if you're of age no one gives a shit and we head to the bar you know that's that's just it. Exactly. Did you do? Have you done any other competitions since then? Or did you, Did you enter? So you hadn't entered any comps up till NAS. No. So have you? Have you? I can't believe that. So you have? Did you no. enter any comps after? Have you done any comps? Because obviously COVID came in and everything shut down. But um, I did. Well, after that NAS, my confidence like grew immensely, just in myself, my abilities, and just like, well, That's I awesome. can do that if I want to. It, it doesn't matter how good I am. It doesn't matter whether I land any tricks. I can just go and have fun and if people want to invite me down sick so I did really plan to enter more comps and be a lot more like active in that area and then yeah COVID hit um and I just that confidence kind of went down a little bit and but then I got invited to do the Red Bull thing at um Greystone which was super fun um yeah it was really really fun it was so nice to see people and then yeah after that it was just NAS again it was like oh I actually got I, I wasn't going to compete last year but then they sent me a friends of NAS email like oh do you want to come um and I said yeah yeah sure don't have to skate mint and then they were like, actually would you skate and I was like yeah sure why not ah uh, brilliant that's so good who, who won the the Red Bull was it was it on social media only then but you got invited yeah, it was to the social skate media I can't remember off the top of my head I've got a memory like a bloody goldfish um <laughs> don't remember these uh I'm pretty sure that Connie from Manchester, I'm pretty sure she placed. Um, but yeah, I can't I can't remember for the life of me. Did, did you skate? Was that in, that was in the Manchester hub then, the skate park there? No, Greystone. Greystone, sorry, that's what I meant, Greystone. So yeah. did, did you skate, when you were in Leeds, did you skate much of the, were you part of the like, well, where did you skate when you were in Leeds? Where was like the place that you skated or did you not skate? So... Leeds was where I finally came like fully out of my like little skate shell that I'd made for myself. Uh, so after starting skating, I moved to uni when I was 18 and I stopped skating for about six years. Now, when I say stop skating, I never stopped. I never stopped going to the events or seeing people or whatever, but I didn't try anything. I didn't go, oh, I'm going to land this. Um, and not because I felt any certain way about the lead scene. I just didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to get started. And then I saw this thing in like a magazine in uni and it was like humans of Leeds. And there was this girl skater stood there talking about these girls nights that she put on. Um, or not that she put on, that were just put on in general, I think. Okay. And I just decided to go down there one night and that was it. And I thrived in Leeds. I met the most amazing people. Um, really good friends with a girl called uh, Jess who started rolling with the girls. That literally brought all these girls out of everywhere and then from there I made more friends more connections and that's where I really became like my skater self if that makes sense that's amazing that was from going to the girls night they were running there yeah I just met a couple of people and then we ended up meeting in in town and we're like oh yeah we'll skate together we'll learn and yeah that's where it came about like-minded people yeah exactly that's also did is that what made inspired you because you run or ran run a girls' night in Blackpool, right? Yeah, so I actually started the Blackpool girls' night before I moved back to Blackpool. I was still living in Leeds. Uh, yeah, and I spoke to Woody. That's some driving. And I said, like, yeah. And I was just like, Woody, there's nothing for lasses around here. Like, there's nothing to kind of say, like, you are welcome, by the way. Like, despite what society says, like, men should do this, women should do that. Like, 
you are welcome like come on in and I was like I want to do something do you think we could do something do you think we could start something and after a bit of chatting we set up this night at Ramp City and I think yeah so that started really good turnout I think we got like 50 girls on the first one which was amazing and then Covid unfortunately hit but we still decided to like keep them going and then I showed up to one um, and there was 95 girls there fucking shit myself I was like everyone was wanting you know everyone was wanting help and I was like I went and hid in my car and vape for like 20 minutes I was like you <laughs> watch this um but yeah the, but too the successful my... yeah it was great and one of the best things about the girls nights that I put on with Woody I mean Woody still runs them which is amazing I've just taken a step back for like career and stuff but um the one thing that I really loved about my girls' nights was that I wanted to get rid of this divide. This men are intimidating; they're not welcoming at skate park. Don't get me wrong; some assholes out there. They're always there's always going to be assholes, but the skate community around here is sound. Um, so I actually enlisted <laughs> my lads and I said, "I want you to come coach girls' nights." And they were like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, I want girls to know you're not scary. You might be six foot tall and you know built like a shit brick house, but you're sound." And then also that encourages girls as well to come to skate outside of girls' nights. So if they come back and they see one of my lads or see one of the lads that was helping out, they can be like, oh, I know him. Like, I've got someone here that I know if I need to ask for anything. So that was a really success- successful part of it for me is that we all got to teach, like, the girls in the area. That's that's awesome. I, I, that was, for me, a biggest part of, of – and I understand it now. Um, it's been explained to me a number of times – and I think that it's so important to be able to have maybe have a female night where it's only females and then maybe female nights where there is your lads that are supporting, yeah. you know, because some people have had horrendous experiences with men. And so I think it's great that people like your lads are able mm-hmm. to just be like, hey, we're not all assholes, especially if that's all you've had, like a stepfather or someone being horrible. Yeah. So that's so yeah. awesome. And and like you say, I never thought about it, but... And I always bring it back to this is living in Biddyford, Biddyford, and it happens generally, Biddyford skaters only skated in Biddyford when I was young. There was only a handful of people that went down yeah. to Mount Hawk. And when you, I remember when I went yeah. down to Mount Hawk being so scared. I didn't know any of the skaters at Mount Hawk. I was crap at skateboarding. It was so scary to, to be out yeah. of my comfort zone, out of my small town comfort zone and being a massive skate park. Yeah. And, I th- and I think that's the thing now, I often forget with running things like Skate Wine and this podcast and NAS, going to NAS Festival, is you go to another town, whether I go to Bristol or London or even up north maybe, yeah. I'll see people now maybe that I know in the skate park because they were at a festival or a skate comp I've been to. So it's now so much easier yeah. for me to go to different skate parks throughout the country. Yeah, but before that, it's it's terrifying. And I think, I think that's what's important. It's just like, we've all gone through these experiences of feeling like, like shit we don't know anyone this is intimidating i'm crap at skating you know all this like and then as you start to get further along within the skate community you realize none of those things matter if you go in and you try and you have a laugh like there's there's no, there's no issue there and if there is an issue with an arsehole there like just yeah speak just ignore up. them like yeah ignore them yeah speak, speak up. up as well yeah, speak up. Speak up if you feel the need to. But if you don't just think, like, for me personally, like, obviously I've had comments and what have you. I just laugh it off. I'm like, how how sad? Like, I feel sorry for them and I just laugh because I'm like, God, imagine being that small-minded. Like, yeah, and I just move on, move on with my life. A big shout out to Woody and Ramp City. I think the first time I met you was at the Vert series up there. And I, the first time I met yeah. Woody, I was like, this guy is mental in a good way. He's just like, he's just like me. He's just full of energy. <laughs> and he's so important, I think, to the, the Blackpool scene. No? Well, yeah, he, um, he obviously helped massively with the Stanley Park like renovation. They fought for that for years. Um, he's been a massive help with the girls' nights. Um, it, and, and continues to keep them going even though the numbers are going down now because he's actually said like people skate outside the girls night now i'm like that's kind of the aim like that that's that's what the aim of this is is to <laughs> introduce them and then be like fly <laughs> go skate um and yeah no it's it's uh what he taught me me how to drop in so no yeah, way that doesn't surprise me yeah i was thinking i was about 15 16 i was being a right I'm not going to say what I was going to say, but <laughs> yeah, I've just been a bit of a wuss, to be honest. I'm terrified. It is a terrifying thing. 
And then, um, yeah, he taught me how to drop in. And then when we opened up the girls' nights again for the first time, I said to him, I was like, you need that quarterback, that quarter you taught me how to drop in on. It's not quarter. It's, it's like a flat bank with a tiny bit of coping. You know, one of those that's really good to... Um, and then Stop. he brought it back. We we had... It was really nice to see all these new girls enter and even like young lads and stuff go into that ramp now to learn how to drop in. And I'm like, oh, I learned on that one. It's super yeah. important. I think something that I get annoyed about is, especially with the Biddy for Skate Park, which I've now realised... Things that are small used to annoy me. When I was in my teen years, I used to want to hit the biggest thing and ollie the biggest and just do everything massive. And that's what oh, I used to I like about Mount Hawk. <laughs> but yeah. I think that's the thing is, since I've been Biddyford, I've never been a rail or a ledge skater. And, it, and no. the, the, the ledge isn't small, but the rail is relatively small. And now it's, yeah. I'd learned something on there and you go to Mount Hawk and you can do it on the big rail. And it's like, oh, I, yeah. I get it. I get it now. It's good to have something that's little, a, a starting yeah. point. 100%, yeah. What's your favourite thing to skate in Blackpool? Um, what's it called? Ramp C. I've lost my, my trailer. Thought. Ramp C. Yeah, Ramp, Ramp C. Oh, what's your favourite thing? I'm such a basic flat bank, bank bitch. Like, honestly, I can't get away from a flat bank. No matter how hard I try, no matter how many other things I try and learn, you'll always see me, like, gravitate back towards the little street bit and the flat banks. Like, I actually put myself on a flat bank ban when I got back into skating a little, like, <laughs> because I was like... You're not progressing in any sort of different manner, like whether it's rails or ledges, but it turns out I don't want to skate that. So I'm just going to skate a flat bank. That's yeah, <laughs> just a street bit. What's your least favourite thing? The vert? Have you dropped in the vert? Have a fuck. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I actually, I am terrified of heights uh, and I'm, I'm terrified of dropping in um, still. like not Not like little ramps, like kind of thing, but I think it's good to, to voice like when people when you are still scared i'm terrified of dropping in i think there was one sorry to like go back to nas but like i said this is where i've got most of it i shit myself when i had to drop in a seven foot quarter and i had matt Be matt beer and alex takuna next to me and just being like jess this isn't a fucking skate school right drop it one two three and like i just dropped in and like i, I packed my pants and that was my first ever comp and i didn't feel like i could even drop in to start so no i've not dropped in the vert i won't be I'll support anybody else who wants to. I'll be there with a sign, like, rooting you on. Um, but no. What's no. what's the biggest thing that you've dropped in on? Probably, like, six. Six foot? Did you say yeah, anything in NASA seven? Come on. Oh, that's yeah. It, yeah, that. Yeah, whatever that was. <laughs> Don't want to think about that. Um, but, yeah, I've just, got, I've just got this irrational fear of, like, the high drops. It's just not for me. I, I'm more of a flowy with with flowy in mind who's been your inspiration to skate when you were like who's been your inspiration when you first started and like to now who do you get inspired by to skate now so uh when i was younger i mean i don't actually watch skate videos this is something that always kind of shocks people a little bit i'm just not a skate video like on instagram yeah like um i can see people like which is mad because we didn't have that when we started skating we didn't have instagram we didn't have all of those things but I used to go on YouTube and I used to watch Leo Baker's um, line. There was just this one video and I can't remember what what it was, but yeah, I used to watch that video by Leo Baker over and over to just get that hype because I was like, they're like me, you know? That's wicked. Um, yeah, so I used to watch, I used to watch him. And then now I, um, I was actually thinking about this today because I've just reposted little Ava. Uh, I don't know whether you've seen her skate. Ava Godfrey. Just repost. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I'm terrible with last names. I'm terrible with names in general. I'm like, you're right, mate. Uh, but I wa I'm watching all these like younger skaters and it's hyping me up. Like it's mad. It's it, yeah. Um, but also like, you know, the girls that I also skate with at events and comps and stuff like they always hype me up great to see them great to have a drink with them afterwards but yeah i think it's the younger generation that's really like pushing me forward now that's really yeah. cool izzy mutu who's a kiwi skater who i think now resides in australia posted something recently around the topic of of uh, female skateboarding competitions and i just remember it's like the 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 joke of of that the end bit of the joke is that the person who comes first is like this 12 year old girl who's super good at skateboarding and i think that's so now with the olympics happening last week the qualifiers in uh argentina it's just so true like the top the top eight were just all 
under 20 and just absolutely yeah. smashing it and it's good that you're being inspired because i guess you could i mean i know yeah. i get intimidated when i go to a skate park and someone like george o'neill who's like half not even half, half the size of me half the age of me and he's absolutely smashing it and i'm just like i need to go home and then he's shouting at me you're rubbish rob learn to scoot because there's no point in skateboarding anymore so all right cheers yeah but that's how that's you take it you're just like, all right well no I, I think i've just gone I feel like I've gone, like, I think a lot of people can be discouraged where you think, oh, like, you know, they're 10 and better than me. But in this world, I don't care whether it's skateboarding or art or whatever field you're in, there's always some fucker that's going to be better at you. So stop comparing yourself to that fucker and focus on you. Like, don't matter what anybody else is doing. It doesn't affect you. That's right. I was going to ask you, did you, were you ever a computer game enthusiast? And did you ever play Tony Hawk's Pro Skater? Because I didn't. You didn't. I didn't. I was one of those. Uh, I didn't. I had a GameCube and I and Game Boys, and I played like Mario Kart and like Pokemon. That's about it. Because for yeah. me, that was a massive part of well, massive part of me skateboarding was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. That came out. Yeah. Our local skate park was being built at exactly the same time by complete coincidence. It was meant to be. Meant exactly. To be. Exactly. That's 20... I was working out the other day. That's like 23 years ago, I think it is. It was like 2000... The skate park opened in 2000, I think it was. And I must have yeah. started around 2000, uh, 2001. Right. And, but Tony Hawk's Pro Skater was massive for me. I used to love like all the skateboard skateboarders on there. and So I did wonder whether maybe... Maybe I did as well. No, I didn't. Like I feel like I, feel like I missed out on that kind of bit. Um, but all my lads all played it, you know um and and they still play it to this day um skate as well because obviously that came out like i think i don't know when that came out um but it was a lot harder that one because it was like like from what i could see anyway i'm absolute i'm just crap at games unless it's like a floating fairy going like collecting like coins or something it's just not for me (laughs) (laughs) so that's why i've discovered outside of skateboarding uh Mm. what did you what did you do at, at university what did you study at uni I did fine art. Yes, we are the fine art crew. Oh, I say a fine yeah. art. What's it called? It's a bachelor's in arts or Bachel- whatever. Yeah, bachelor's in the arts. Yes. Well, I wish I did graphic design. I look back now and I'm just like, I just wanted to get out of Blackpool, to be honest. Like, I wanted to get out of the house. I wanted to just go spread my wings. And I was like, well, art's the only thing that I'm like passionate about. So let's do that. And Honestly, for me, like I can go into a museum now and spit so much bullshit about what's on the walls and things, you know, the conceptual like context behind it and all that, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and some of it is interesting, but then my conclusion after three years of studying this and spending 40 grand on a degree is that art is just about pissing people off. That That is the conclusion I came to with that 40 grand was just like, it's just about pissing people off. And I think maybe that's why... I kind of maybe went towards it because I know I pissed people off in my third year because yeah, um, they were like, "Oh, you, you can't paint like that." I'm like, "Who says?" All the art that makes—not that I want to admit this—but all the art that makes the Daily Mail is always stuff that's super inflammatory. Why is it there? Why does it look like this? I mean, Damien Hurst is a big artist around here, and he did the thing in Ilford with the. Well, he's done the cow, yeah, but he did this massive um, statue of this lady. Uh, yeah. It's really my, again, I'm sure my ignorance, I'm the opposite of you, I don't know anything about um, art. But um, she's, I think she's some sort of philosophical person. And half of her is like a woman statue, and the other half has yeah. been cut, cut open, so you can see the baby being like uh, produced. Oh, yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah. So much, that. so much controversy. So much controversy. But, but that's why they do it. To piss you off. Yeah. That's why it's they like do that guy. Yeah, I, like who, who I wrote, God, going back nearly 10 years now since I wrote my dissertation, but like just even that guy with that urinal, like from that point on, art was done. Like art was art was done. It was just like, if you can literally put a ready-made object with someone else's name on it and yeah. But yeah, for me, it was good because it got me to Leeds and then I worked in hospitality for like nine years, which I loved I, I, and I still work in hospitality in some aspects, but now I'm a graphic designer and an artist and then I'm just like, why did it take me 10 years to, but then it did. So life goes on. Uh, similar position. I've just started my business last year and I kind of wish I'd done it sooner really. Cause. Mm. But I feel like if we think like that, if you think, oh, we should have started skating sooner. We should have started this sooner and all this stuff. 
I just think everything's meant to happen when it's meant to happen. Like, I don't think I was meant to like pick up my board again properly until I like was ready, you know, or, or until I got absolutely slammed uh, with, with booze in Leeds for nine years. And then I went, Oh, I should probably not do that. And same with work. I feel like you kind of know when you're meant to start something. So, so what is it you do now then? I, I, I love the little small, is it just, just winter, just winter's creative. Is it Jesse's? Oh, Jesse's creations. Jesse's creations.co.uk. Yeah. Yeah. It's a small, small business uh, website flex. I was like, Oh, that's really cool. It's usually like something at, Yahoo mail.co.uk. Yeah. <laughs> we did think that. I was like, oh, which one do I send? But like my personal one just gets, it's just full of like newsletters and things like that that I haven't cleared out. Whereas my business one, I keep very clean and tidy. Um, yeah. I mean, I started, I moved back home because my boss in Leeds let me, well, not let me, uh, let me bring my job here. Um, uh, did so it I moved back here. Yeah, yeah, because I was already doing marketing and social media for them. So I was like, can I just do it from St. Anne's? Like, uh, I'm, I'm done with Leeds now. Like, like, I've loved it, but I need to move on, essentially. Moved back here and then I uh, decided probably about six months in that I was like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I working 60 hours a week, even though my boss is super sound? Like, and we get on really well. I was like, I just want to do something for me for now. So I actually started skate coaching. Um, as a full-time job oh wow um, with other bits on the side yeah so I'm, a, I'm actually a qualified coach was that ramp city as well or was that everywhere yeah that was ramp city uh to begin with i set up my lessons it went crazy i had so many people uh, i was doing about eight hours worth of lessons every sunday wow. all in all like it was it was insane the level i got um and it was it was unbelievable doing it but it drained my skating because I was giving so much to everybody else. It drained from me, which is why I kind of went off the map a little bit. I kind of lost that drive. Um, so I had to make the really hard decision to just not do it anymore. Um, so yeah, I started at Ramp City and then I went over to Plant Skate Co, which was a new little skate park that um, a few local lads had actually built in lockdown and then opened it up to the public. Um, but we're doing skate lessons and skate parties. So I started doing that there and then I just decided to focus on art. Um, and then that's how I started Jess's Creations, which, and when you say, what do you do? Honestly, I don't know how to answer that. Just anything creative. Where window paintings, murals. I painted a chair for someone the other day. Um, anything creative, I'll do it. I think that I'd seen a picture of you painting, it might be on Instagram, painting a window display, possibly. Yeah, so I do a lot of those since last Christmas um everyone wants window displays cheaper than decorations and they don't have to faff about <laughs> you know what i mean uh i just did one for live like ralph um last week i think it was last week yeah i did one for live like ralph in where the town where he's from um to support their the live like ralph uh, tour de ralph which is raising money for for, for that okay so that was yeah that was that was emotional to do that what, why was it emotional I'm, am i missing the uh, Ralph was the first person to ever speak to me at Ramp City. Oh, right. Yeah. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good guy. Good guy. Took it, me all over. It's one of those things where I had, when I got back from Mexico, one of my first one of my first jobs was a live stream. And I thought someone mm. was winding me up because it, they sent me an email and it was for a funeral. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I've only ever done live streaming for skate events. So I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. So I just yeah. quoted a really cheap quote and I thought, as long as I get it done and it's good, then I've got yeah, yeah. got it in the portfolio. I've done it. And the most difficult thing is doing a live stream in a church. It's The, the walls are like this thick and they didn't mm -hmm. have any Wi-Fi, which I was relying on. So I had to do it from my phone. Oh no. Yeah, super difficult. And luckily it worked in the end because okay, it was all, good. Something like that's all reliant on the... On the internet. Yeah. Mate, that's insane. What's your favourite oh, thing that you, you're doing with your business then? Um, There's a couple of things really. Like, I think it's just like being able to be creative and doing something different every single day, to be honest. I think that's, Definitely. That, that's why I've done what I've done. You know, um, this week I'm kind of just chilling in the house um, just doing graphics and what have you. Next week I've got three windows booked in. So that's different. 
and then the weekend after that um i'm a volunteer for this but it's coping festival in manchester and i've done that for the last three years well this will be the third year i've done that and then it's basically to, to support mental health this year they always give money to the ben ramus foundation um support money for that and raise money but they, they're doing it for the okay project as well so it's just a big festival where everyone comes together and just realizes that you can um like i've lost my train of thought then uh, right. The festival itself is just for um, mental health and well-being through creative and skate, uh, create, creating and skating. Um, so it's like, how how can it help you in any way? Uh, you know. So do, I go down and I just give kids loads of glitter and Posca pens, and I'm just like, go Ed, paint some skateboards. <laughs> we'll have a laugh. I was going to ask, do you do you run a workshop there then? Yeah, yeah. So um, skate hut that's below Braystone always seems to get their hands on these skateboards unfortunately they're not skatable I think they were just like fucked up in production so they've got like pressure cracks in you, you can't skate them but it means that we can sell them for a very cheap price for that money to go towards the charity um, and then the kids get something really cool to take home and put on their wall which I think is really sick yeah that's awesome that's amazing yeah, well, yeah it's a really what, good festival what's your future plans for your well first of all Dare I say it, but what's your website for people wanted to see your work? Oh, it's uh, jessiescreations.co.uk. Jessie, I mean, we did just, I guess we did just cover that, Rob. Well done. Congratulations. No, no, no. no I, I was thinking, I was thinking, did you cover the email address? Or the, and I'm just feel like, I'm just going to get so much spam from my email address. Like, <laughs> Technically, I did like cover the. Said. <laughs> Technically, I did cover the email address, to be fair. But for anyone that's yeah. tech savvy would know that that's probably the website too. But I thought it'd be good to get a yeah. shout out to your website. What's, what's oh, your future plans? Think? What's your future plans for Jesse's Creations? Honestly, like a year ago, I had such like a big, like, I'm going to do this, this and this. But every time I make a plan, it just goes to shit. Like in, in a good way, though, that other things are presented in my way. So I think for the next year, I'm just going to roll with it. Like, and see what happens. Like, um, every time I think I've got a quiet month, I get like four jobs. So I'm like, well, this is pretty sick. So if I'm, I'm obviously doing something right. So yeah, I'm just gonna roll with it and see what happens. Like, I'm definitely gonna get my hands on that Posca wall at NAS though. I was gonna say, have you done anything for NAS? This is turning into the Jess Winter and NAS podcast. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. Plus that's, that's where most of my experiences have like come from. Do you know what I mean? And like uh, the community and stuff. No, I haven't. Uh, I know that Geordie a few years ago when Geordie first met me, because uh, it turned out I went to college with his niece in Preston. Small world. Which was insane, yeah. So we actually, I remember us taking a picture and sending it to her like, oh, look who I'm with uh, kind of thing. But yeah, he tried to get me involved a long time ago, but because I was so young, I didn't have any experience about putting anything like that on and the level of those guys there is absolutely insane i'd just i'd just be happy with my pen to be honest there was one year i did get my hands on everyone's skateboards i brought my own poscas and i like drew over everyone's skateboards during that's is posca so, is that a kind of pen then for, for the people like me who are ignorant yeah do, do you want to show you oh. my little oh we're getting one out look look here it is wow <laughs> these are these are poscas and okay. this is my little art work box. Are they permanent? Yeah. Yeah. Not on so windows. You... Oh, right. Okay. I was going to say, so you don't want to do them on the wall then because they'll be, that'll no. be forever. Permanent. Permanent. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, yeah, did, you, what did you find, uh, going back to the fact that you were in Leeds for a little bit, was, was there mm. differences between the Blackpool and the Leeds scene? And how did you, how did you find the difference? Dare I use a, a, a pun, but how was the transition between Blackpool and, and Leeds skateboarding? <laughs> I don't skate transition, if you haven't noticed. So, um, um, to be honest, it's it's hard for me to say really because they are two completely different scenes. Like I made some absolutely amazing friendships there in Leeds, um, but this will always be home for me. I think that's maybe the only difference. Like as much as I have a Leeds family and I know that I go up there, I, I you know, I still, you know, pop in welcome when I'm there to see the lads and the lasses and uh, and everyone in between. Like I, I, I see everybody. I come up for go up for birthdays and stuff like the family's still there. But I think I think for here this is this is just more home and I've got to the point where I'm just I'm just a bit more settled now instead of like running around the country twenty four seven. I'm just like, I just wanna be at home. Like, and I think that's the difference for me is like, I feel like I'm home skating now. Yes. Yeah. But, but having a, I guess having a female skate run night that welcomed you into the lead scene 
maybe mm-hmm. was a bit bit of a difference when at least when you went there because now you've managed to take that back to Blackpool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the thing is, th- there's other collectives and groups around here that are you know doing the same thing, bringing like women together, making sure that they have safe spaces. And I applaud that. And I'm just like, yeah, you need any help? Give us a shout, kind of thing. But. I think uh, after I gave up my skate lessons and everything, I kind of just took a back step and I was like, I just need to focus on my skating, my career and just just my family, really. Yes, definitely. That's definitely something I've done recently. And that's why I haven't mm. been able... Well, that and the, the Mount Hawk guys haven't been going to many of them this year, but the Vert series have taken a step back from that and just concentrating on and doing no, things like this. I know, you're not in Blackpool. I when is it? We should probably do a little cheeky Vert series shout I was going to say, it was, um, it's this Saturday. We could have literally done this whole thing. Live. On Black on Blackpool Prom. Ah. Oh. We could have done it in deck chairs on the comedy carpet where like that's a skate spot now because it's all smooth. We could have just ah. sat there on deck chairs and had, a night, uh, and had an ice cream. I've been meaning to do it face to face with someone. I tried to get Oscar Mezzo to do it, but he was too busy. But it would be great to get this to a point where some are like this and then some are actually in yeah. like person to person, two camera set up, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, well, there's all the upcoming events this summer. Do you know what I mean? Uh, there's all your vert series. I mean, I've not I, thought I about that. Just take, a, take yeah. a couple of cameras along and get it done. Exactly. I forgot to say, James Southall interviewed me on a G Shock bus with a banana once. So you don't really need the. <laughs> The, the high-tech gear, you know what I mean? <laughs> Shout out to James Froffel. Um, <laughs> well, ra- I'm going to round this up a little bit. Um, what would you say to um, a girl that was mm. thinking about skateboarding now, but maybe hadn't taken that step into the skateboarding world? What would you say as encouragement to... So... It's really funny you've just said that because that's actually the last question that James asked me. Oh, James Falfo. But I was 10 shots deep in 10 minutes, like 10 shots of monkey shoulder whiskey. So I'm, I, f- I feel like this is my like redemption, redemption. for that quote. So, <laughs> because luckily that interview never aired. But what I will say, um, what I said then was just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. Like, no one's stopping you. Just fucking do it. A bit more slurred and a bit more pissed. But for me now, what I would say is, like, don't let anybody else make you feel like you can't do something. Like, just just do it, you know. It is going to be a little bit uncomfortable at first, but everything's a little bit uncomfortable at first, whether it's your first day of school, whether it's first day of college, first day of uni. You know, just find a space or find a girls' night or find a skate park or find a community that, fits with you your experiences and your values and just roll with that and see where it takes you because i honestly don't know where i would be now without skateboarding like 15 years later and i think Probably, yeah. from your experience in leeds i think if you have a local girls only night or a night of some sorts go along and just say hello to people because i i, I still feel that i mean even when i started skateboarding there were still the clicks and there were it definitely oh, there'll was... always be clicks yeah, it's, it's an unfortunate thing. There's always going to be clicks. There's always going to be, you know, arseholes. And there's always going to be people that just want to keep to themselves. But at the end of the day, like, just find people that you resonate with on a personal level, that you've got the same, like, you don't even have to have the same opinions, ideologies, like, anything like that. But if you're just there to have a laugh and have a good time, then that's fine. And then soon you'll find your people, just like I have. And enjoy skateboarding. Yeah. And if you like just yeah. putting an iPod on and not seeing anybody when yeah, you just get into them. it. Yeah, just ignoring yeah, just yeah. get on with it, innit? You don't want to talk to these fuckers. Like, fuck them. <laughs> that's fine as well. Like, you don't have to fit into any sort of mould. I think that's what's beautiful about skateboarding is, like, there isn't, there isn't like, a preset skater mould where you're like, oh, you, you must do this and this. It's like, no, just go and be yourself. Like you say, you don't want to speak to anybody, fuck them. I think that's what people were fearing about the Olympics is you end up with this kind of fratty, like, mould of people that are you know defined by skateboarding but i i hope that it doesn't change but at the moment definitely the personalities that we're even making it into you know the semis and the finals mm. in both the men and women's the personalities coming through the styles still still very different and yeah. unique yeah and I, I i hope that it does stay like that you know but the thing is something like this has never happened for skateboarding so exactly. we're not going to know like until it's done um but then, then again, even if it stays all different, someone's going to have an opinion on that. Or why isn't all, you know, it, you, you can't really win. So just just be kind and have a laugh. Like, 
just doesn't matter what people are doing. As long as they're enjoying themselves, doesn't matter. On that note, this is to the listener. If anyone sees a question go up for an, for a guest and you're thinking, oh, maybe I want to ask it, maybe I don't, ask it. Please ask it. Because Jeff, poor old Jeff Winter, although you're happy about this, has got one yeah. question in. That's and it's, a, it's enough. It's enough. I've had it. This is a super good question. And massive shout outs to Sophie Ludd's uh, Instagram and Sophie Ludd as a person. Uh, has responded with a really good question. Favourite part about skate culture? Oh, it's the people. It's as simple as that. Like, it, it is... It's hard to, like, pinpoint one thing, but I would say it's just the people because it's the people that are around you that build you up, that hype you up, that make you feel good, that make you feel like yourself and that, you, that you know, you've got a place to call home. And, you know, it doesn't matter where you go around the world... The fact is, if you hear a skateboard, you're like a meerkat instantly. You're like, friend. Like, th- th- that is just how it works. And also, like, when you're meeting these people, you hear about their experiences. You know, there's people that have been skating longer than I have. And they can share that with you. And then I can share my experiences with, like, other people, the younger generation. And we can all just have an... Yeah, it's just the people. The people are fucking sick. They're so much fun. What did you... What were you doing before skateboarding? Did you do any sports or anything before that? I played football. So, ah, okay. So, so was there a difference? And I, I'm going to assume that there wasn't, but was there much of a difference between female football, the community, and then going into skateboarding? Well, I mean, the biggest one probably was that there wasn't any females in skateboarding at the time. Um, well, the hardest thing for me about football is that I loved it as a kid. This is when, when I lived back in Manchester. So I was only about six or seven and I was in primary school and I loved it. Unfortunately, all the girls got booted off the team because it was mixed. No. And yeah, that they basically said, because I'm not saying like, obviously I wasn't doing this, but the couple of girls that wanted to come to football, they weren't really playing. Um, so oh, I don't know. I don't know what the reason was like, but the girls got sh- like shifted off it. So from that, it kind of discouraged me. To just and there, not... wasn't, there wasn't enough no. females for a female team. At the time, no, no. no. So yeah, that's um, savage. I, I forgot what the question was. Sorry about football and skateboarding. The, the difference between the communities, like I think that's another part of it. Well, is, I, I, well, I wouldn't know. Like I think that's the hardest thing. Like I wouldn't know, but from what I've seen, so I've just moved into a house. My next door neighbour, um, their little girl, she's constantly booting footballs there's about 20 footballs in the garden she goes to you can see her on a sunday in a kit and stuff it makes me so happy because unfortunately i didn't have that opportunity so i made an opportunity for myself within skateboarding but now because of how far it's come with i think i mean it's still got a long way to go don't get me wrong but how far it's come just with women in general in sport and what have you i was like it's so sick to see my my neighbor just rocking about in her football gear and i'm like god like, i'm so glad you had that i didn't have that but through all the stuff that women have been doing, you're now, you now have that, which is great. Something for being British and traveling a lot, that's something that I have to hold quite dear to my heart is people like yourselves. And I remember England won the World Cup recently, the women's football, is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it was the Euros, was it? Was it the Euros? Oh, there we go. Yeah, my. I think it was the Euros. <laughs> I don't really follow football. One of those trophies, they won, they won. And what I thought was really good and what I love uh, was the the representation of female football now is massive. And I, mm-hmm. I believe I was watching the interview with the captain and they were saying how how difficult it had been for their generation coming through, yeah. pushing for females football. Um, mm-hmm. And now with the better opportunities and it being, you know, more highlighted on TV, God bless my granddad, rest in peace. I never thought that someone as traditional as him would get into women's football and he loved it before he, he really kicked, kicked the bucket. Yeah. yeah. So I think that something like that, the fact that, you know, it's not the same in every country. And I think that a lot of British females have pushed so hard for equality within some sports. And now it's, mm. it's so, it's so sad and kind of, um, it kind of wakes me up a little bit to, for you to say there wasn't a football, a female football team back then, because now I just no. assume they must be running a female football club. Yeah, but yeah, no, no they, they didn't back then. In Manchester, of all places as well. Quite um, a big place. Yeah, yeah, especially with the teams we've got. Yeah, and I think I think 
as far as it goes with kind of like the push the push that women have made for all these things i think i think what's great about it is everyone takes a very different approach to how they they do it for me personally like i think i was just heavily influenced by my mom and my nana because that even though they didn't go around like saying i want this i want this they just went and did it like my mom was a bus driver a coach driver she just actually drove the coaches in qatar for the world cup wow uh, for Amsterdam so she had the Amsterdam team she was sending me pictures of him and like the manager and I was like mom what, where are you what, what are you doing <laughs> um so can you imagine that was like literally all my lads were like saying like your mum's driving a coach in Qatar and I was like yeah like so my mum would just go and show people like it's, well I can possible. do this yeah she was a builder she was a mechanic she did everything and then my nana uh, was a forklift driver back in like way back then and the picture actually got sent to America to be in a magazine to be like oh you, you know it's 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 a woman driving a forklift but whereas i think i adapted that from then and i just go and do it and just show that it doesn't matter like um and hopefully encourage others to do it whereas other people just take a a, a very different approach of just saying you know oh however they want to approach it and i'm just happy with mine that's some strong female role models that you've had in your life. I know. I, I, I didn't realise until I was like late 20s. I was like, shit, they were badasses. They didn't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> they just went and did it. Yeah. That, it's been so good talking to you, Jess. I'm going to round it up with, do you have any final shout outs to people uh, or any final thoughts that you'd like to add? Oh, let me think. Uh, just... Just shout out to every single skater out there, to be honest. Just keep pushing, keep having a laugh. Like, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Don't let the opinions of others deter you, you know, from who you really are. Um, and, yeah, just we're all in it for a laugh and we're all here for a long, uh, a short time, not a long time. So, got that backwards then. I don't know why I'm nervous about, like, speaking out, you know. But, yeah, just just have a laugh, fuck it. Perfect. It's just skateboarding for fuck's sake. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I feel bad. I didn't I didn't bring any questions to you. No, no, I'm perfectly fine not being questioned. Yeah. What's your favourite colour? <laughs> I don't think I have a favourite colour. I have three favourite colours. Black, three. white and red. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That I mean that's kind of why uh skate wine branding is actually black, white and red. And it's this is really lame. But uh graphic graphic design. What's that? You actually have a wine bottle. Uh, yeah, no, my mate made me this. Um, I That's actually really was going to put it here, but as you can see, I, poor old Chaz, I spent ages setting up this so it looks skate, skater-related, and skater. actually all you see is me. Um, but yeah, shout-outs to AJ. He, he got me that one. But yeah, it was something I was taught in my graphic design degree is black, white, and red, I believe, are the general rule of thumb, um, and I, I, I should be more educated. I can't remember what they're called now, but like formal business colours is black, yeah. white, red. So... So Coca-Cola, lame. KFC. Like this is black, those. white. This board in the background is black, white, and red yeah. as well. It is. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I mean, my boards are Star Wars and drawing boards. So, yeah, I don't have any like that. Perfect. Well, thank you ever so much for being on the podcast, Jess. It was really good no talking worries. to you. Thanks for asking me. It's good to have a natter. Yeah, and enjoy the rest of the day in the sun that we are experiencing at the moment especially up north i, know, I don't want to be i, I don't want to be here. northernist but <laughs> no no it, you can be it is shite weather up here 24 7 and yeah the fact that it's like this i'm like it's definitely it's definitely climate changing global warming but i'm just going to enjoy it for a second and then recycle later definitely definitely and i say that with being half scottish just want to remind the viewers or listeners should i say because some people get a bit arsy about it don't they oh yeah about like the whole north yeah. south divide i'm half uh, of each yeah what do you mean? I'm half Scottish and half English, so I'm like the north oh, right. and the south. Like you can go. You're a wildling and a Lannister all in one. Exactly. Half yeah. kilt, half trouser. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I actually wore a kilt in high school. Yeah. Really? I went to a fucking private school. Oh, nice. It, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> I was on an anniversary because I was a bit clever. My parents couldn't afford that shit. But yeah, yeah, the, the north-south divide. Yeah, it's. It's funny though when I come down south and they're always like, "You are so northern," and I don't, I don't hear it. And then when I come down, I'm like, "Oh, I am." Like, do you ever yeah. get and that? I... Do you ever get that? You're posh up there. No. Oh, because no. sometimes I used to get that with with being, I was a what do you call it, an army brat. 
And so, yeah, people mm. would be like, oh, you're so posh. And and then I, when I went to uni, I decided to speak Somerset and now no one understands me. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I'm a hybrid between Yorkshire and Lancashire. So, I mean, you want to talk about like the divides. I'm li- I call myself a pink rose now because I feel like I'm part of Leeds and I'm part of Lancashire. Like, so yeah, I'm just a pink rose now. But yeah, the yeah, it's it's always funny when people ask me to say things as well. Like there was one one year at an event, someone was like, uh, they wanted me to say, um, you know, you know nothing, John Snow, but like in <laughs> the proper broad northern accent, and I ended up getting really pissed and just screaming it around the place. <laughs> Oh, perfect. Anyway, chatting shit. We're chatting I, shit. All right, let's go. Again, thank you ever so much, Jess. Hopefully see you at NAS, maybe. Uh, I doubt I'll get the Friends of NAS email, but NAS, if you want to send me a Friends of NAS email, that'd be nice. I might have a spare. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, shout. I don't know. I don't know. Whether I, well, when is it this year? Is it mid-July? NAS. Beginning, beginning of July. Six beginning of July. Oh, that's okay then. I'm, I'm hopefully going to a um, Flat Spot magazine event, but... We'll see. But hopefully, see you at NAS. Hopefully. If not, maybe see you around the South. Who knows? Soon. Soon. Right. Perfect. Lovely to see you, mate. Thank you ever so much, Jess. All right. See you in a bit. Bye. Take it easy. The final frame. Now we get to see that I've got some sort of skate-related content in the background. Um, <laughs> poor old Chaz. I set this up for ages and you can't even see it when I've got it side by side. Thank you ever so much to Jess Winter. Super good conversation. I would have liked to have touched a little bit more on the old uh, non-PC topics, but it was a super good conversation. Absolutely love Jess. So much uh, enthusiasm for skateboarding and everything in, especially NASA Fast Festival, apparently. Thanks for listening. Please like and subscribe or follow on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, wherever you are. Thanks for supporting this, what I absolutely love doing, this uh, podcast. And catch you in the next one. Skate Wine. Skate Wine? The Wine Club, episode 15. We're out. Thank you ever so much, guys. Who are you guys working for? Who is this? It's uh, Skate Wine. Oh, beautiful. Did you say Skate Wine? Yes, sir.